Whether or not we're being persecuted makes absolutely no difference to me. I don't think that I could care any less about whether or not this meets the definition of persecution. That doesn't even factor into the equation for me. That's not the basis upon which I'm doing anything. I'm doing what I'm doing in obedience to Christ. I am quite content to let the Lord Jesus Christ himself decide whether or not this is persecution. He promises that those who are persecuted for his namesake will be blessed. He's the one that blesses, and I'm content to leave that in his court. My responsibility is to obey, is to obey Christ, correct? Amen. Doesn't matter whether this is persecution or not. That's irrelevant. Irrelevant. Doesn't even factor into the equation. You ain't got a right to tell us how to worship. So let's tell the government to get up out of churches. We ain't choking no more. Tell them our hopes in the Lord. The time for speaking is past. It's time to open the doors. It's amazing to, to see like the faithfulness of God and the fact that he's building his church. And even in the midst of turmoil, like it seems to be that's when he does the most work. And so it's it's amazing. Society's crashing and burning, but we know how it is. Kingdom goes forward. Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide Podcast, where if the shoe fits, you wear it. And if the truth hurts, you bear it. I am Justin Gruber. And I am Jesse Gruber. And today we hope you will seize the faith. Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide Podcast. You've reached us on episode 66. 66. And I'm being mocked openly for, for my welcome. That's okay. I don't care. <laughs> We're glad you're here listening <laughs> listening to this awesome episode we have planned. We have a very, very special guest, don't we, Jesse? Yes, we do. We have we have been trying to get this ever since before we had Devin Davis on. Uh, but, man, we just could not land it before Devin. But we have in virtual studio <laughs> all the fun, none of the beard. We have <laughs> uh, Josh Kreese up from the Canadas, eh? He's down from the Canadas. We're down way, from the Canadas. We're, we're way lower. Yay. I think it's a New Jersey thing to always say up, even though we're like, things are down. Sorry, Josh. We're arrogant. We're always above everyone. Go ahead. How you doing, man? Who the heck are you? Where I mean, are you from? I think I think we are above you. I mean, I mean, you know, geographically. So. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Oh, literally. It's quite, quite accurate. Yes. Yeah, you know how we love literal stuff so literal but, yes literal <laughs> um oh, yeah no man. it's it's good to be here i've uh I, I mean the whole devin davis thing it's cool like clearly he's way more famous than i am like you know he's i mean and bro here's the thing like you know it's just <laughs> <laughs> there it is <laughs> well that no, so nice drop yeah no, drop. no good to be here glad to be here so uh well one one we're going to say this what you might not know is that of hip hoppers that I'm aware of, there is no one that is more hip hoppity than one Joshua Kreese. And we are going to be <laughs> we are going to be debuting uh, a collaborative effort that he has done with Reed B verses at the end of this episode. So stay tuned for that because it is going it is we have we have heard it. And it is amazing. It'll make you laugh and cry and feel all the emotions. <laughs> Mostly edified um, and encouraged. So, Josh, That's uh, like, I would say one hundred percent edified. Uh, yeah, it was actually really fire. <laughs> I was fire. trying to think what part wasn't, and um, there is none. Nope, nope. It's it's all good. You you will find you you'll feel like you're literally getting lost in space. 
Oh, yes. see what you did there. All right, so uh, I love it. You're like me. <laughs> All about those bad jokes, bro. Here's the thing. So we want to intro Josh. We don't need to know. We need to know about who 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 are you? All right. What, what about your family? Give us some of your testimony, your background. Uh, clearly, we at least know that you're in the Great White North there, up in Canada. But where are you from? <laughs> it's a big place well, up there. I, am, I hear. Uh, what? <laughs> I hear it's a big place up there. It's very big. Um, well, I mean, you know, we've got one rapper up here named Drake, and other than that, I mean, for <laughs> according to you Americans, with you have Celine Dion, have Dion else to offer. Celine Dion, but... <laughs> Celine Dion's a national treasure. Let's be honest. Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> and if got... she was to die, my heart would go on. Yes, it's. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you're like welcome. what can I say except you're welcome. Oh, <laughs> thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> um. No, so I'm, uh, yeah, so I'm just, it's always so funny, like, when I do podcasts, it's kind of weird, because I'm just some regular fat white guy who, <laughs> like, literally just, started, I started rapping when I was 14 years old, I'm 33 now, so it's almost been 20 years. Um, I am married, I have been married for, we just celebrated our 11th anniversary on April 16th. Amen. Nice. Yeah. And I have five children, the oldest of which is seven. Uh, so I have a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, a three-year-old, a two-year-old, and a seven-month-old. Nice. And I am exactly exhausted. <laughs> you're living Jesse's best life. Yeah. That's exactly how you roll. We even Jess. got married in the same year. Oh, my God. We're like the same nice. people. Yeah, and I like to make jokes because a lot of people, like, you know, talk about having more kids. We're done at five. And, um, you know, I know a lot of people love Vody Bauckham, and they're like, you know, and I'm, I'm just like, you know, my quiver is full. My quiver is <laughs> a little bit smaller it. than some people's, maybe, but my quiver is full. So the Lord con- has, has filled my quiver. Praise <laughs> God. Amen. Feeling kind of, kind, of, kind of tight up here. <laughs> uh, if you get too no, many no, arrows, then you can't pull them out if there's too yeah, many arrows. Right. They got caught no, on one another. Because we, up until. Uh, three months ago, me and my wife lived with our children, our five children, in a 700 square foot three bedroom condo. Oh, my. And it was. Um, Are your square feet the same as our square feet? <laughs> There's no unit conversion between Canadian square feet and American square feet. Not with feet, just with kilometers. Oh, oh okay. You're <laughs> like, what's a kilometer? Oh. <laughs> uh. Wow. Anyway. So yeah, so we lived in a really tight space and we have since moved and uh, we've changed cities and um, we have a much bigger house now. I finally have an office that I can record in and it's a blessing. Amen. Nice. That's excellent. I love I, I love to hear that. I We believe <laughs> hardcore in taking back the culture through children. <laughs> Oh you my know, goodness! Let 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 everybody. <laughs> what do we call Post it? Mills. Out okay. Right <laughs> we we call it out. We no we no. It's totally different. This is a totally different. <laughs> Justin's like, wait oh, a yeah. second, back this. Totally different course. We just we just we just like to say that we want to out child bear the libs. That's all. That's all yep. we're saying. That's that's. It's got phrase. a much. It's got a much and more that's immediate. Great. I'm I'm so happy for you guys. Please do. Um, we're doing our please best. Please do. Please yes yeah. <laughs> I, I, as far as I'm concerned, I have had more child more children than most um liberals so yeah. or progressives so i <laughs> yes, am like yeah. uh, like 
it's funny because every time I'm up here, like it's Mormon town, like there's tons of Mormons here. And so everyone's like, oh, you must be Mormon. It's like, no, I just, I love children. Like, oh, you're having more. It's like, not that much. <laughs> I love children this much. This is how much I love I children. love up to five and including five children. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Great. So where whereabouts in Canada are you? I mean, you don't have to give us your home address, but I mean, yeah, like, please just don't. for a frame of reference for our Canadian <laughs> listeners. So I live in Alberta. Uh, which is one of the conservative, um, you guys call them states, provinces. Um, And I live about an hour north of the American border uh, in a small city called Lethbridge, so that if we ever need to flee, we can just jump the border real quick. Nice. <laughs> it's always good to have a plan. Yeah, I'm not. I didn't yeah. know whether or not that was a possibility. I'm assuming they can't actually guard it all. What do you got? Like a couple hundred Mounties tops? I mean, geez, it's a pretty big border. I mean, well, and the thing is, too, if they turn you away, they're Canadian, so you know they're going to apologize for it. Oh, yeah, they're real sorry. Could you so go sorry go there, ahead, bud. turn around there? Oh, you're going to keep going. Okay, well then, take take care of there. <laughs> have okay. a nice day there, bud. Thank you there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word. So, so yeah, that's that's where I live. That's me. That's my family. Um, yeah. Well, awesome. Uh, clearly, that you have a wonderful wife and kids. So you, like us, have already outkicked your coverage, and God has blessed you. So that's awesome. Um, <laughs> we we love that. Uh, so how about this? How about the past year or two? Is this whole COVID thing uh, has that uh, shaken your life up at all? Has it changed uh, changed anything for you? <laughs> I mean, from the fourteen year old rapper Josh Kreese to now, I mean, clearly. <laughs> Probably some well, well, you know, it's only changed um, my life drastically in every inch of it. That's so, amazing. yeah, no, yeah. it's it's um, it's been all right. Because how, how you guys heard of me, I would say was probably my open the doors track. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, and uh, so I would say, you know, as far as me and my wife, we were going to a small, well, somewhat small Reformed Baptist church, um, and then they did an offshoot, like a church plant, and we moved out to the church plant. We were there for a year, and then COVID kind of happened, and and at that moment, uh, James Coates was doing his sermons. He ended up getting locked up. I went up to uh Edmonton and you know I had listened to his sermons and at the time I, I hadn't really thought through my position our church was closed um and you know it was through listening to his sermons and basically his the, the exegetical arguments that he raised particularly from Romans 13 Ephesians 5 was a bit later um or Ephesians 4 I believe um but through his argumentation I basically decided I'm like I need to sit down um, well, before that, I, I agreed with his argument on a surface level basis. Like basically, I'm like, yeah, it's it's right. You know, from what he's expounded in scripture, it's totally right. I had a guy from Grace Life message me when James Coates went into jail and he's like, You need to do a song about this. And he's the guy who does all the mixing and mastering for Wrath and Grace. So I was like, okay. So I <laughs> took from the sermon, did the song. And it was funny because when I gave my pastors the song, we only had two elders. One of them loved it. And the other one was like, yeah, I don't agree. And it was like the mat. He was like the, I don't want to say the master elder, because that's not what Baptists do, but <laughs> the he, he's the elder that he, he was the, the first among equals is 
as a lot of people like to say, he, he was like the lead pastor taught. So he didn't agree. And then I finally sat down and I went through, um, whenever I do something, I, I don't do it halfway. So I walked through the new Testament epistles. Um, I didn't go through the gospels, but I, or revelation, but I went through all the new Testament, uh, epistles and I wrote down every command that was given to an individual, to the church, uh, to families. And I picked five of them and I basically asked, can we wear masks? Can we, uh, exercise social distancing and can we limit the gathering and still be faithful according to these commands? And I wrote a 15 page paper to my elders uh, and it was it was tough for our church at the time because our our elders were split and our church was split 50-50, like right down the middle. It was absolutely nuts. <clears throat> and what had happened was they never read it. And at one point in time, I actually tried to bring my elder up on church discipline charges um, because I'm like, you are not shepherding the flock um, according to scripture and what scripture calls us to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I remember speaking to the other elder and, you know, the one that was in agreement and I'm like, just make sure your argument is rooted in scripture, because if it's rooted in anything else, you you'll buckle. And sadly what ended up happening was like his argument the whole time was like, you know, it's all oh, the, um, not the U.S. Constitution. We have the charter. It's he's like it's the charter. It's the charter, and I'm like it doesn't matter. The charter does not matter. Like, yes, it, like it can buttress the argument, but like that's not scripture. So he ended up buckling and, and agreed with the other elder. And I asked him like, so what changed your mind? And I guess the other elder made an argument, basically saying, you know, um, we're not AHS. We're not. So it's not our job. We're. And I'm like, that's a really bad argument (laughs) (laughs) like just terrible so at at the end of all that um my old pastor wrote an 85 page paper on why we should obey the government and it was oh my you wrote an 85 page (laughs) paper on the wrong thing that's amazing i know it's a lot of time invested and like to be fair like i read the whole thing i really struggled to get through it I had uh, preemptively respond because we had talked so much. So I knew all of his arguments, like I had heard them all before. He told me, he's like, you know, if you know my arguments, you're not going to be impressed with my paper. And he was completely right. (laughs) I was not impressed with it at all. Um, He's a, he's a Baptist and his brother's a Presbyterian. And he quoted the Westminster confession in the beginning where it speaks about good and necessary inference. and, And he built his entire argument on that. Hmm. And I basically said, your inference is neither good nor necessary to begin with. (laughs) And uh, I'm like, you're a Baptist and, and you know, your brother uses this for infant baptism and now you're using it for something completely unbiblical. And so, you know, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So at the end of the day, like we just, we disagreed, we pulled our membership and There was some other things that had happened. We, because of the way we pulled our member, like I basically just said, we're not, um, you know, we're not resigning. We're pulling our membership because you're not being a biblical church. Um, and they basically at that point are like, hey, well, we're excommunicating you. And so they, they excommunicated me, not my family. And 
at that point, I had given all of our correspondence to Tim Stevens, and he thought it was absolutely ridiculous that we had been excommunicated. He read both sides of it, and he's like, yeah, I know, I just don't agree. And so we ended up going to Tim Stevens' church for a while. Um, we had been trying to sell our house as well, like our condo, for over three years. It had been on the market for a long time. And uh, once everything kind of got sorted out um, with our old church, our house sold. Hmm. So it was like just God's providence. Like everything worked out. I had given everything to the pastor down here in Lethbridge because I, I'd known him for years and, and he read it all and he was very disappointed with how everything happened. And basically, you know, he's like, yeah, there's, there was wrong on both sides. Cause I mean, I, I was very argumentative, so I can understand that being very wrong in a way. So I, I did repent of, you know, being so argumentative about it, <clears throat> but the pastor down here, he's, basically said, yeah, you know, we don't agree that they think you're an unbeliever. Uh, they excommunicated you. So we moved down here. And um, the thing that I noticed right away about this church and even uh, up in Grace Life and Fairview is COVID has just made, I think COVID has been the best thing to happen to the church, like in our generation, hands down. Um, because so many churches like we just took fellowship for granted and we took one another for granted and now it's like the government's saying no you can't meet you can't be close to one another and we just like everything like our churches grew like fairview went from being like 80 people to i'm pretty sure they're well over five now 500 mm -hmm. uh grace life is like around 900 our church, like down here, went from like I don't know, like not not even a hundred people to almost five hundred. Wow! Like, like, and there's lots of people that come. Well, five hundred, a lot. There's a lot of people, a lot more than there was. So, <clears throat> essentially, we were uprooted. We moved. Uh, we moved to a totally different city. Um, the Lord blessed us with a much bigger place to live um, and, and a, such an amazing church. Like within, we had a bunch of people come help us move. And basically, like, we've always been very focused on hospitality and having people over. Like, we have a standing order at our house. Um, Sunday after church, uh, bring a dish. Everyone's invited every single Sunday. Come over to our house. Well, if you don't have food, we'll, we'll feed you. You don't have to bring a dish if you can't. We have people in our house like every Sunday. And, um, you know, my pastor regularly, he, he comes over Saturday mornings with a whole bunch. We have guys in our house Saturday morning. Like I was telling you guys before, we pick a book of the Old Testament or new and we just read through it all in one sitting. Um, it's just like believers that love scripture, love one another and like, I just look at COVID and where a lot of people, like, I feel bad where churches are, have like crumbled under it because it's like, you could have, mm. and this is my last argument in my paper. I, I'm like, I brought up grace life. I'm like, look at grace life. Look how they're thriving because they're just being obedient. That can be us. And it's sad for churches that are crumbling because it's like, you, you didn't have to, you, you could have just been obedient and you could have been thriving. Mm. So that's, that's been ultimately like the last year. And now um, I've, oh yeah, I moved, started my own company. Um, 
<clears throat> that was another thing. Uh, a buddy of mine, he was a paramedic here, and he was going to be fired because he wouldn't get vaccinated. Oh, wow. And so I'm, I'm like, hey, well, I'll move down there and we'll, you know, we'll start a business. And um, he's up north right now at the rigs, just making a bit of money and he'll be down. He'll be back next week. And then, um, yeah, so we've been doing all right. <clears throat> a couple of setbacks with my health. Um, so that's kind of been rough, but the Lord has sustained us the whole time. Mm. So we're just really grateful about that. So you started a business that can sustain you. Uh, praise God. <laughs> That's this is not easy. I mean, I just it's not easy to do. So praise God that he worked that out. That's amazing. I mean, it's hard in Biden's America. I can't imagine what it's like in Trudeau's Canada. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but well, it's a good boy, thing. Boy, ain't that, that Trudeau? Know, that's Trudeau. You stole yeah. my boy. Joke. Ain't that Trudeau? Well, I'm going to use that. <laughs> the good thing, like in Lethbridge, that we have. That like me and our church, we have a prime minister. So, oh, there you go. that's a good one too. I do like that. Um, <laughs> man, I there's. I was trying to think of a wife prime rib joke, but I I, I couldn't I couldn't figure it out. Do you mean like Genesis going back to Adam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. nice. I get you. I get you. Yeah. Um, there's. It just makes me sad to hear someone wrote an eighty-five paper that said they need to obey the government because I feel like what that person needs to strongly consider is whether or not they would have killed the Jews since that's exactly what they they labeled the Jews a virus and then some Christians said they needed to obey the government and I just don't I just don't understand it I don't I don't follow it either logically, rationally or even biblically I don't I don't follow the the, the logic at all it it doesn't it doesn't seem to be there for me so I I, I get scared it scares yeah. me yeah you know the saddest thing is is like <clears throat> up in Canada if you ask me like who one of the best preachers was in Canada I would say him like mm. he's a phenomenal preacher and he's a very sharp guy I still think he's a very godly man. Like we have our disagreements. Uh, I, I do understand like, cause I have read his paper. I'm like, I understand how you get where you get, but I think you're just exegetically wrong here. Like, and it can be shown from the text that you're wrong. So I don't think he's an unbeliever. I think none of that stuff. I, I think he's a very godly man. I think he's trying to do the best that he knows how. I just think he's wrong. Hmm. And to be fair, I mean, you know, we all we all have our blind spots and he's going to stand before the Lord one day and I'm not going to pay account for what he's done. He's going to pay account for what he's done. But I mean, I, my hope and prayer is just that, you know, at the end of it, that he does, that he is faithful. He's found faithful and that he's with the Lord. And um, that's, you know, that's my that's my hope and prayer for that church and that that church does thrive because we, we do need. We need churches to thrive. And, you know, it's again, it's sad that there's such so few churches up here who are willing to do the biblical thing. And I, I think ultimately it just comes down to a fear of man. Like, that's, yeah, it's you were just it, about as as quintessentially Canadian as I, I've ever heard someone be just then. That was the nicest thing I've ever heard someone say about someone that is living out biblical error and leading the church simultaneously. So that's excellent. That was amazing. I would expect nothing less from a Canadian. <laughs> I, I hope all the Canadians well, are as kind to I, us. I, 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 should I, should I I'm sorry? Yeah, that, that's correct. That's exactly what a Canadian <laughs> That's exactly what you should do. Oh, man, I'm very sorry. I didn't realize I did that there. I, you're right about that. 
Um, the, <laughs> I'm sorry if the Bible says that if the Bible tells you how to have church and you don't have church that way, I got nothing for you. I got nothing for you. There's, I, hey, you know what? The, the sad reality is, is every every pastor will stand before God, but they are not just responsible for themselves. They're responsible for you. Like uh, your pastor was responsible for you. And also, I never understood the whole church membership thing where someone's like, uh, I'm going to leave the church now. And someone's like, you're under church discipline. We're excommunicating you. I never understood that. It's like, I'm going to break up with you. And like, no, 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 no. You can't break up with me because I broke up with you. <laughs> no, 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 no. I broke up with you first. I just said I broke up with you. No, 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 no. no, no. Quit because you're fired. <laughs> it's like, what are we doing here? Like, holy crud. Man. <laughs> well, geez, I... Yeah. I, I, it was pretty sad. It, it it does. It sounds very rough. I'm I'm just glad. Look, you're right. God's grace is is heaped upon us, and and you're as you as you've rightly said, we have as every faithful pastor and servant of God in Canada that has labored under the intense duress of of being faithful to God, where God's word and His sovereignty, uh, while having your government try to cease you from doing so, um, has. Has explained has has literally explained the same thing. An incredible amount of growth, both personally, spiritually, as well as others, because people are just hungry for the truth, and they know that there's something in created in them, for 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 freedom. I mean, Galatians five one, it's there. God has made you to be free, and and for them to turn to the church makes sense because there's only one place where you're truly free, and that's in Christ. So, I think I think it's it's wonderful. Agreed. I'm just going to stop you right there before you keep preaching another sermon. All right. <laughs> He's already preached. Don't grab the mic with your, just don't grab the mic with your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that noise is in there. <laughs> um, so uh, another another question, uh, just real quick on some on some on the topic of family. What is it like uh, raising a large family in Canada during? Uh, these these crazy times. I know that the that there is a, a sentiment, a feeling. Do do we stay in Canada? Do we leave for the states? What do we do? Um, how do we go about doing that? So what what's it like? What's it like raising your family um, in Canada, especially with all the lockdowns and and the the church movement? What was what's it like? You know, it's funny. We uh, we had a men's breakfast yesterday at our church, and we were talking about like how how to live in these perilous times. And I've come to the conclusion that I think me, I'm, I'm a little bit more, um, I don't know, I don't want to use the word naive, <laughs> but I don't, like, I'm not really afraid of, like, what can happen in Canada. And, I mean, you know, some people call that, like, na- like we're talking about preppers and, you know, inflation and how a ton of people have, like, they've been going out and buying out the shelves and doing all this stuff. And I've just never, I've never felt the need to do that. Um, I, I mean, maybe there's wisdom in it. I mean, of course, you've got guys like, you know, Joseph in the Old Testament who, you know, laid up uh, seven years worth of food for, for Egypt. And um, I mean, for me, we homeschool all our kids. So it's it, it's funny. We, we go outside like we normally do and unless you're watching the news and like, you're going into like, you know, stores all the time. Well now, cause we don't, the mask mandate's gone, but unless you're watching the news, like you wouldn't even know COVID exists up here, which is really nice. So I know like it, it does suck. Like gas is ridiculously high right now, mm. um, <laughs> which, which blows. 
Uh, food has gone up a lot, but at the same time, I just, I, I don't know. I just, I look at it and I'm like, you know, God is in control and I don't need to fear anything that's going to happen. Like today's worries, like today's issues are sufficient for themselves. Mm-hmm. Kind of. So, I mean, how's it raising a family up here? I mean, it's kind of like raising a family for me. It's kind of like raising a family anywhere else. It's uh, it's just, I'm just trying to be faithful. I'm just trying to shepherd my kids as, as the man of the house and lead my wife and, you know, just pour as much scripture into my kids and my wife as I can. My wife's a lovely, amazing woman, strong believer, very strong believer. Um, and my my kids, I just want to see them grow to love the Lord. And so, Amen. I mean, that's, for me, that's pretty much what it looks like. Like family worship is, and I really wish like that's one thing I think we like really needs to be focused on in today's generation is like, you know, leading your kids. Israel screwed it up bad. Like when you read Psalm 78 and it talks about like Jesus quotes that when he, when he deals with parables, but he talks about how like, we're just, we're supposed to lead the next generation. We, we had a whole bunch of people over here on Saturday. We're reading Deuteronomy Deuteronomy 6, 7, and 8 just focuses on, you know, passing everything on to the next generation and doing everything we can to teach them about Yahweh and to that they would love him. And so <clears throat> I think, you know, it's, it's really easy. I, I could look around and I used to watch the news and just get irritated I found that when I stopped looking at everything else around me and I just focused on my family and I focused on, you know, my church and, and just growing in godliness where I'm at and then just trusting in God, I just, I don't even think about what's going on around anymore. Mm-hmm. Like outside of like doing evangelism, but like there's no need to, there's absolutely no need to fear. Like, We've, we've literally got the end written in the book in front of us. Mm-hmm. So like, why worry? Fair enough. Amen. Now, <laughs> now on sale in the Carpe Fide store, holy water blessed by Josh Kreese. It will give you peace in uncertain times. <laughs> oh, you could have at least gone biblical and said it was a handkerchief. I mean, Paul used to at least used the handkerchief. Well, how trees. do you think we got the holy water? We squeezed it out of the handkerchief. <laughs> oh, no, that's not water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man you cannot buy that on the carpe fide podcast there was some health concerns <laughs> the, the, the fda got involved um i want a holy water shirt now just oh, to let you know like i want great way to go no i have to make another shirt no worries whatever you don't you literally do nothing to make them <laughs> like, you know, i do nothing ideas. to design them <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and this is like marital turmoil. <laughs> right, yes. Yeah, I, you're correct. You do nothing to design them. You are correct. Thank you. Um, okay. <laughs> except I have all the ideas. <laughs> Shout out wearing the Carpe Fide shirt. Christ body, Christ Open your doors, man. Jeez. Yes. Which is yet another subtle plug. By the way, at this point, if you're on Carbe Fide and you're in Canada, you know why we're interviewing Josh Kreese. If you're in America, you're like, who's Josh Kreese? 
The fact that you don't know Wrath and Grace and have not listened to his amazing lyrical stylings is sad to me. So do something about your life and fix that. That's why we're having <laughs> get saved and go listen to the song. I'm just saying at the end of the at the end of this episode, you'd be like, wait, that guy, that guy did that? No, no. And I'm be like, yeah, yeah, bro, that's that guy. That guy Imagine leading his that family. Is me being up here in Canada in like a hick town where like everybody's in the country, and then like I do that, and they're like. Like, oh, oh, what are you, what are you listening to there, boy? And I like, go play it, and they're just like, just like, no way, that's you. That ain't you. That can't be you, son. Like, <laughs> seriously, like it's crazy. And it was, it was so funny, man, when that song came out because I went up to Grace Life, and it was the weirdest thing for me because everybody at Grace Life knew me. And they're all coming up to me like I was famous. It was so weird. And it, it didn't last long. Like, it was like four Sundays. And then, like, everyone's like, oh, that's just Josh Grace. Uh, oh, yeah, he just goes, so, like, he just goes to church here. He's, he's just normal. He's just a, you know, hip-hop artist. <laughs> well, no, because when, when we left the church, we, we went, what we did is we went to Fairview for a month. Or, no, we went to Grace Life four weeks in a row. We went down to Lethbridge four weeks in a row. And then we went to Tim Stevens church for a couple months and we decided moving down to Lethbridge and um, yeah, it, which is funny because I'm a lot more theologically in line with James Coates, but that's another thing learning to disagree peaceably. I thought this would be a lot more sanctifying. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes on you. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> my pastor he'll listen to it excellent excellent well ryan we're we're just I'm, I'm thankful for you turning out godly men I'll just keep it up bro keep it up ryan keep that faithful but, work oh, and you shouldn't just listen to open the doors go listen to wrath and the wrath and grace's catalog one of the few christian hip-hop labels out there that's still around that does lyrical theology and seeks to actually present biblical truth in through the medium of hip-hop and they're just very very talented i i wouldn't like I fought to work with Roth and Grace for years, like because I love their music and I always have. Yeah, le- legit. Um, when this is going to be my experience, you can give yours if you want to in a second. But when I first heard um, "Open Your Doors" and then, then of course, continued down that rabbit trail of Roth <laughs> and Grace's catalog, uh, one of the things that made me immediately think of was how much I enjoy the way uh, Shy Lynn has always been very focused on theology and his lyrics. And you guys were so focused on putting theology and truth, and not just theology. I would say you also wanted to speak accurately, like Mena Vistakar. You wanted to bring in the times and also speak about what, theologically speaking, the, the men of God should then do. Um, and I thought that was also helpful, too. So you weren't just leaving me, you weren't just giving me theology, you were also giving me practical theology, breaking it down into, hey, doesn't this have a, doesn't this have a place right now? Like, what are you doing? Why are you wasting your life? Stop wasting your life. <laughs> and, uh, and I thought that was phenomenal. So I will, I will plug that from, from my standpoint anyway. Agreed. All right, good. So you know, yeah, I mean, there's no sim- there's as long as we had similar experience, and then we're good. <laughs> we're essentially the same person, so nothing more to say. <laughs> um, Except you have a lot more beard down your face, and it looks like he has more of a beard on top of his head. Yes, that that is one hundred. You, you could say that I have more of a head beard, and Jesse. Well, Jesse has none head beard. He- none head head beard. It sounds like a really bad pirate. <laughs> oh, there goes old Headbeard. Oh, Headbeard. Over I think there. his boat's sinking again there. Uh, Yarr, me mateys. Shutter me plank. Are <laughs> there, Headbeard? You okay there, boy? Hey there. 
Ed Beard. <laughs> That's enough. Uh, <laughs> it, it is definitely late where you guys are. Boy, is it one hundred percent. Oh man. Uh, so moving on, moving on, <laughs> moving on. Some church family stuff. Um, you know, I, I I know that you're not uh you're not formally in a title of pastor or elder, but um you you are. I I agree. I mean, I think you described yourself as analytical earlier, and you're. Uh, certainly committed to the word. So, I mean, what what would you want to say to Canadian pastors? Um, you know, if 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 someone locked, uh, you know, just a group or a room full of Canadian pastors in, you know, they're like, oh, come to this concert, and then boom, the door slam, and and, and you get to talk to them for five minutes. What what type of message would you have? For- you bust you bust out your red bound calf skin LSB, and you open it up, and you can start letting them know some stuff. All right, what 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 does Josh Kreese say? First of all, it's cowhide. I apologize. I uh, apologize. Not calf skin. That's blasphemy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the baby, not not the big cow. Oh, so. Okay. 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 <laughs> um, <laughs> man, with all those pastors in a room, eh? You know, it's funny. Like I, like I do think I am fairly analytical, but I don't know that I would have much to say to a room full of pastors other like other than like you know the only i, I think the only because i'm a young guy i'm not a i'm not an elder um I, I think the only thing like the only thing that comes to mind is the admonition that paul gave timothy is preach the word and can't preach the word when your church is closed so <laughs> just, you know what that's that's a perfect word <laughs> that's just why say more in yeah. I, I believe the text specifically reads in season and out of season. So both when it will be received and also even especially when you know it will not be received, you still preach yeah. the word. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. That was good. That was that was too easy though. Oh wait, wait, let's switch it up. Ready? Now you get the same situation, but you have American pastors. Do you feel like you can more easily point fingers and yell at them about the stupid things they do? Because boy, we got a laundry list of our own that we could <laughs> Yeah, we, we've we've covered some articles from some uh, Gospel Coalition Canada peoples that have had messages for American pastors that man just didn't really sit well with us. No, but, boy, did but not. But perhaps, perhaps you know. So, like, from what we understand is that Canada is, uh, as as you put it, uh, off off mic, uh, progressing downhill, <laughs> progressiving downhill, and uh, I I think uh, there's this attitude that America at least under this current administration, is sprinting downhill. Um, but we're, we're, I don't think we're quite Canada yet, um, which I personally think is a, is a fine thing. But well, um, So far, eh? So if, if we had five or ten years out from being where you guys are in terms of government involvement, government overreach, or tyrannical policies, like what types of stuff would you say um, – you know, to, to American pastors to prepare for the future or even perhaps to, 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 what am I trying to say? To kind of head off some of these, these things that are coming down the pipeline. Well, not, not that pipeline because that pipeline got shut down. Oh, Nord Stream. Oh, bars. (laughs) Boy, boy, do I wish that would, that mistake hadn't occurred. (sighs) Um, you know, it's funny. He's um, going to say preach the word. Obviously, we all agree the word of God doesn't change. Like the same, I would just say the same thing, like preach the yeah, word. And, and again, like as far as, you know, obviously there is a biblical precedent set forth in John the Baptist to call leaders 
out for their sin and I'm all the prophets. So there is that, but I think at the same time, uh, our mission as Christians is not to change the culture. Like our missions is to preach the gospel. That's, that's our mission. So we change culture by preaching the gospel and the Holy spirit regenerating people. We can't like at best, the, the most change you're going to get, um, you know, um, this is one of my biggest critiques of post-millennial theology. A lot of times is like, I, I am, I'm right there with what they're doing. Um, you know, with trying to, you know, engage culture, do all that. Sometimes I think the motives are wrong and I think we get it kind of backwards. It's like our mission isn't to change the culture. Our mission is to preach the gospel, make disciples, teach them to obey all the Christ, all the Christ has commanded us um, after we baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that's, um, I love my Presbyterian brothers, but that's adults. So, (laughs) but, um, so, you know, I think, there's nothing wrong. Like, I think, you know, you need to call out overreach. Um, but the only to, to call it out and to not, you know, point back to the scriptures and really put forth a biblical worldview to them, like a positive biblical worldview, not just like, you know, showing them what this looks like, what Christianity looks like. Um, Matthew 5, uh, 14, I believe, talks about how we're, we're light. We're light. We're a city set on a hill. Uh, don't put it under a bushel. Um, you know, it also talks about the meek inheriting the earth. We're not seeking to take over. Like, we're just doing what our Lord commanded us to do, and we're, that's it. And, like, it's, you know, it's funny, like, because you, you think, like, oh, well, that's, like, that seems really simple. And it's like, yeah, it is. It generally is. Like, obedience is simple. It's just hard. Facts. <laughs> Straight facts. Yes. All right. <laughs> obedience is simple. It's just hard. Yep. That's correct. <laughs> How does... um? Oh, do you want to... Do you have a different one? No. I didn't have a different one. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> um, you you know you just I'm just gonna jump into some theology things. Actually, I want to I want to dive into that. Wow, you're skipping over you're skipping over that question, huh? Is that okay? You know what? Fine, whatever. I want to know what the question was. Uh, how does the scripture reading discipleship thing going? How's that? How does that? The thing the thing that you do on Saturdays yeah, that I see you that, post pictures of. Yeah, how's that going? Good. So when we were in Calgary, we had a whole <laughs> bunch of guys coming. Um, now there's like in our church, there's a whole bunch of guys who have come. And the amazing thing is, is there's little towns like, so our, our church is in a small city and there's little towns all around. Like there's a city called Tabor, like a little town called Tabor, a little town called Coldale, a little town called, uh, Clarison, like all these little towns. And so there's tons of people who have come from those little towns. And the amazing thing is, is they've come and they're like, you know what, we want to, we want to do something like this in our town, uh, like our small town uh, and they're members in our church. So they're like, yeah, we're going to start one in Coldale. We're going to start one in Tabor. And like, we're all just like, and the whole thing is like, let's just spend time reading a copious amount of scripture and try to read. Because the amazing thing is, is when you read like the prophet Jeremiah, 
like I'm sure you guys know, like reformed people love expositional preaching. You normally don't get a big chunk of scripture when they preach. You might get a chapter. Like my pastor is preaching through Genesis right now and he does a chapter. He's Genesis 47 uh, was today. He does a chapter every Sunday. But like when you sit down and read the entire book of Jeremiah, there's a lot of stuff that comes out that you wouldn't have even recognized, like reading it in its full context that you're just like, wow, this is, this is amazing. Like it like opens up scripture to you. And I think, um, you know, a lot of times like our Bible reading is like, you know, our, well, I guess not always with reform guys, but our Bible reading is like, you know, half an hour in the morning, 15 minutes, whatever I get a chance for. And it's like, no, like we should be reading large chunks and trying to fill our minds with as much scripture as we can. That's not to say you don't do more pointed studies at times. Uh, Cause I, I mean, I certainly do. I'm studying the fear of the Lord with my wife where what we're doing is we're working through the Bible chronologically and we're writing every single instance in scripture where it talks about the fear of the Lord. And then every single instance where it talks about the fear of man. And we're looking at what does a full orb theology of the fear of the Lord look like? What does a full orb theology of fear of man look like? That's a pointed study. Whereas with the guys, we're looking at, okay, let's pick a book. Like we're, we're reading Deuteronomy um, yesterday. And like, it's, it's just, a, I love reading large chunks. And I, I think it's, it is really important. Like, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what it looks like. It's, it's just, and it's amazing. Like there's people that are like, Oh, we want to come and see what it looks like. I'm like, you can, like, we're literally just reading. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's it. Like it's not, there's nothing like groundbreaking here. We're not, we're not reinventing the wheel. Like it's, we're just reading. <laughs> hmm. So is there any discussion afterwards or just like fellowship or. Yeah. Um, yeah, like we do. Um, and there are times like we do, um, like, for instance, when we were going through numbers, like you hit numbers 24, where it talks about the prophecy from, um, from Balaam about Christ. Um, you know, numbers 32, you have this entire genealogy there and you're like, Hey, why is the genealogy there? Well, it's because like the one guy was like, man, there's so many names here. Like, what's the point? I'm like, I got to point out, it's like, well, what this is, is that the old generation is now gone. Like this basically is the split where the new generation is, is here and they're going to be ushered into the promised land. And that's why that genealogy is right where it is because the entire old generation had died off and that's why it's there. And so like we do, and like my pastor and me, we both love like, I really, really enjoy G.K. Beale and Abner Chow because they're heavy on intertextuality and noticing how themes progress like in a biblical, like in biblical theology. So how, how revelation progresses and themes are built upon. And so we notice things and, and like he, he mentions certain things. I mentioned certain things, other guys mentioned, and it's just funny, like how you see things that come up. Hmm. Um, one of the things, if you don't mind me sharing, um, cause I found this really interesting. Um, when we're reading through numbers 10, um, you see Yahweh commands Israel to leave Sinai and you look at, uh, numbers 10, it says that Moses said 
to Hobab, the son of Reuel, the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law, were setting out to the place of which Yahweh said, I will give it to you. Come with us, and we will do you good, for Yahweh has promised good concerning Israel. But he said to him, I will not come, but rather I will go to my own land and kin. Then he said, please do not leave us, inasmuch as you know where we should camp in the wilderness, and you will be as eyes for us. Well, the entire section before, Yahweh talks about how, you know, he's the eyes for the people. He's the one who's leaving the people. And it's this seems to be like a lapse in Moses and almost, you know, covert unbelief because he he doesn't trust Yahweh to lead them. So he be, he basically pleads with his father-in-law to come and says, no, no, you, you should come. You'll be our eyes. And it's like, no, like Yahweh is your eyes. Like, what are you talking about? Mm. So you just notice like little things, like as you're reading. Yeah. We've got, uh, we interact with uh, one of the churches on the, on the East coast of, uh, of the Canada's there. And um, they, they run a conference, a, a women's conference at their church um, every year. And uh, their, their Bible reading plan is uh, just reading large chunks of scripture. I think they, I think if I remember correctly, they keep the same chunk of scripture every day for a week. And then they move on to, to another chunk. And, you know, it's, it, it is a really great way. Um, so I, I appreciate you sharing that. Thank you. It, it sounds like a really, really awesome thing. And I, I just, I remember seeing the pictures of almost every week and I'm like, that is an awesome, that's a really cool thing, really cool thing they're doing over there or up there rather. Yeah. So, yeah, um, we love scripture. <laughs> well, that's, isn't that, isn't that something that's good. Um, <laughs> All right, Justin, it's your turn now. You get to t- you get to transition to the theology topic stuff. No, that's that's <clears throat> that's fine. I don't actually believe. It. I'm trying to remember. He's now he's in Logos and he's just scrolling and no, you, we've where lost were, him. Crap, where were you just at? Um, Numbers ten verses thirty-one. Thank you. Gosh darn it. Because I'm trying to. What are you What are you trying to do there? Yeah, so it's um so we have one of these really interesting things. So we're talking about Hobab, who's the son of Reuel, who's who's actually Moses' father in law. So Hobab is actually Moses' brother in law, just a point of clarification. Uh just an interesting little theological thing. You have to kind of run down all the way back through Genesis to get there to understand that. It was one of those interesting things. Um, and then the question becomes, how did Moses' brother-in-law assume a role like his the, of his father-in-law, which is quite possible that Reuel had actually passed away, um, and that his son, um, Hobab, would have had to assume the mantle of leading the family uh, in Reuel's stead. It's very really interesting. That's just something I was just curious about. I didn't know if that contextually would come out in number study because it also ties back to Genesis. So it was just interesting. I was just totally there. I mean, we've, we're, we're doing Exodus right now, so it's kind of like all this stuff is fresh in my mind. <laughs> yeah. As soon yeah. as you said it, I was like, wait a second. I think, I think I remembered something. And then I, and then as you said it, I'm like, yeah, that's definitely what I remember. Let me go back and look at that. Yeah, no, that's right. <laughs> so I could yeah. totally could remember. I love, I just, you know what I love? The continuity of God's word. I love that continuity. I'm sorry. Anyway, I was just nerding out. It's fun stuff. <laughs> this sounds awesome. Uh, I almost want to be like, yo, are you going to Zoom that? Uh, can we Zoom in on that there? What are we, what are we reading next week? <laughs> I, You're more I, than welcome to join. We'd oh be happy to have gosh. you. Um, <laughs> wait, so if it's... I think if, if we you, get in the car now, we can make it before Saturday. No, sadly, <laughs> I was just trying to subtract three hours for them. So if they start doing it, it'd be like, I'll be, end up be, doing, I'll be doing it at like 1230 if they do it at 930. 
Oh no no we 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 do it at six a.m. Oh God bless you. Oh that's great. Nine a.m. It's nine a.m. Sleep in. Yeah. Gee whiz. (laughs) So we we initially started doing it at five, but then guys were coming from Tabor, which is forty minutes away. Oh no. So we moved it to six, but now that they're doing their own, we may move it back to five because again we all have kids. Um, you know, Jeremiah took us like almost five hours in Calgary when we did it. And so I'm looking at that, like, okay, we start at five, that's up to 10 AM. You still have your entire day left with your family. Um, so that's why we do it so early. And you have definitely knocked out a large portion of reading of the scriptures for that day. So you're like, whoa, whoa, we did that one guys. <laughs> We're good on that. end. Well, it's funny. We started with Isaiah. That was the first one we ever did. Then we moved to Jeremiah. Then we did Ezekiel. Then we did... What did we do? We did the 12 minor prophets. Uh, then As we did, one sitting? Good for you guys. Yeah, 12 minor prophets. And then we did um, we did Luke and Acts. And then we did uh, Hebrews and Revelation. And then we moved down here and we did we did Genesis. We've done, we were working through the Pentateuch. You Genesis, might, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Silent, baby. Yeah. Yeah. All right. you, <laughs> you might be able... It's funny. My son did that rap at his Christian school talent show. That's one of the things he wanted to do nice. was, was that rap. That's kind of funny. Hip, hip hop. Awesome. I don't know how you want to say it. It's all good. Um, the That's how my wife remembers where the books of the Bible are. Sometimes like I'll be like, can you can you turn here? We're going to go here. She'll be like... And I'm just like here humming Shailin. And she's like flipping through her Bible. And she hey, that's it. legit. Like, well, with the 12 minors, like, sometimes you're like, like you you can get lost. Or, like, Lamentations and Ecclesiastes, you mix them up where they are. Like, well, you guys are pastors. You probably don't, but I do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we had, we had. Well, Justin uses those big old thick, uh, the the big old tabs. He puts the tabs in there. Uh, I have zero of my Bibles tabs (laughs) or thumb depressed. I believe you at least do have one thumb depressed Bible, don't you? Indexed, index. Yes. Dude, I have, I have a, I have a. Actually, I have a Nasby, the pastors, the preachers Bible, handy size, and it's indexed, and I love, I love it. Index Bibles are awesome. Index Bibles are for children. Jeez. Oh, okay. This took a turn. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. Oh, I have no. Man. I have no feelings. I mean, that's okay. We like you know us as children. We'll just meet and read the Bible all day Saturday. You, can, you know, not. That's fine. <laughs> I have zero comebacks for this. I have nothing. Nothing. There's no. I'm reaching for an arrow to fire. I got nothing. I got nothing. He's just right. <laughs> this has been awesome, brother. I'm I'm thankful and I'm super excited to uh, let some people hear this awesome song um, that that is being dropped by you and Reed B verses. Uh, literally, literally lost in space listening to this thing. So that'll be super exciting to uh, let people hear. And uh, and and man, I, I hope this I hope this time was was excellent for you because uh, it was really excellent for us. That's for sure. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, and uh, I mean, again, it's you know, it's. It's hard to follow up Devin Davis, but I did my best. <laughs> yeah, Devin Davis, he had to get on here after you know James and Aaron, you know Aaron, Doctor Aaron Rock. You know you had to get on here after some people, but Devin, that was the hard one to follow. We didn't yeah. we didn't talk about oh, Don yeah. Ayers one time. Yeah, do you like? Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. He just said Don Ayers. He he said Don Ayers. I said Don Ayers. No, he said Don Ayers. I said Don Ayers. Did I say Don Ayers? Me he and said Don Josh. Ayers. Go back and listen. Where two or three are gathered. <laughs> We win. So, oh my gosh, that's not how it works. But okay, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's correct. Well, anyway, uh, we hope this has encouraged you, listener. Uh, and you know, as we always say on the Carpe Fide podcast, we hope you will seize, seize the faith. faith.
you, you, are, you are now sky guy dreaming. About to get busy. What up, Josh? Warning. Flyers moonwalking on these moon rocks, tube socks, boots while we stalking through these boondocks, tunes knock. I can see your hands still bobbing up. I'm warning like the bot screaming danger, real Robinson. It's time to put these critics to a race. Or must we make everything critical to race? If race is just a theory that you critically embrace, then if you're thinking critically, that theory is a waste. Race is not a thing, it's a way to label men. So who made up the labels and who gave them to my can? And if the ones they made up are fake, they're just a sham. Then every point they made from the labels is a scam. Everyone is decolonizing their faith. That misguided confidence just guides them away. I'm not saying that a Eurocentric God is the way. Beneath there is a black guy, God in the way. All this lying got me lying awake. But my guys went astray. Who made the flies? Who's supplying the bait? Hook, line, and sinker is a sign of the times. Society just lies with the lies. They're defining the church. They are blinding it hurts. Till I lie in the hearse. I'm denying every line they spurt. I'm declining every kind I'm alert. Yeah, these guys are the worst. Hypnotized by a liar and jerk for real. Guess ox who they cross replace. With the up, cause they lost their way. Yeah, they lost their place. Spaced out and they off the base. Nay, they cause they're lost in space. Yeah, they lost in space. Dreaming we dive deep and defy reason Willing to die harder than McLean did When he tried leaping from the top of Nakatomi Plaza But this ain't blind leading the blind When we see the Roman guy had left the side leaking He exercised demons, graciously defied leaders Patiently defined reasons we should go and try to seek him Water turned to wine, regions went to hear his mind Feeding thousands at a time, eating from that bread of life Leaving without a fill of his grace That's like shaking a man's hands and turning just to spit in his face And he ain't lacking patience I treat that there like a COVID vaccination though Shot that I'm not willing to take Christian hip-hop will tell you to put your hope in the first Meanwhile, there's pastors out here that won't open the church For real? Obeying tyrants, they sit in silence with vision blinded Swear the frickin' spineless figuring they won't get the virus <laughs> With all your hope in the Lord Come to Canada and we'll teach you how to open the door I see your Instagram, you killing them when you sending them quotes But what about faith of working James from the men like Coates or Tim? Willing to stand in the line with them Stevens Act Southern style dying while they pray for the heathens, huh? Ryan Case or even Jake Brayum A lot of churches gonna be troubled when the Lord examine their fruit for real, for real.